to Know podcast explores best practices, innovation, and latest trends with industry experts with an eye toward helping you, the listener, stay ahead of the ever-changing marketing and communications landscape. Good afternoon. This is Aaron Strout, CMO of W2O and the host of the What to Know podcast show. I am here at Techonomy at Half Moon Bay 2018. And uh, we have a very cool interview that you're going to get here, and I would encourage you to watch the video that you're going to see resulting from this. This is going to be a few weeks after. Um, but I have performing artist Alex Iono. Uh, welcome, Alex. Hey, how you doing? So if you haven't heard of Alex, you probably have been living under a rock. Um, <laughs> Alex is uh, pretty well socialized. 837 million views of his social media uh, presence, 5.8 million followers across his social channels. Uh, That's more than a lot of companies and probably a lot of pretty major artists. We'll get into why that's happened and sort of what you've done. The other thing I want to just offer a big congratulations is you signed about a year and a half ago with Interscope Records, a division of Universal Music Group. Um, That's not something that everyone, even if they get lots of impressions on YouTube, always gets. So uh, major kudos to that. Thank you. Thank you very much. So I want to talk a little bit about your um, humble beginnings. We were talking with your manager, uh, Billy Mann, beforehand. (laughs) Um, You're from Phoenix, Arizona, and you and your family took a plunge when you were 14 and you moved from Phoenix to LA. Yeah. You lived in a single room apartment condo. What was that like? And how did, like, was it you who convinced your parents or your family, or was it the other way around that, like, we have to go do this and sort of endure some pain to to really focus on the thing that you're so good at? Yeah, you know, I I really really have one of a kind parents. I think I'll start off with that, and so. Music was something I was always passionate about as a kid, like beyond passionate about, you know, when you're a kid, you have uh, every week you have a new profession you want to you want to be. You want to be a firefighter one week. Next week, you want to be a professional dirt bike, you know, evil Knievel style. Uh, And for me, it it never really changed. I knew I always wanted to do music. I went to performing arts schools. I I participated in all the plays. I sang in church. It was it was the the center point of my life. And so uh, as I kind of got older, I, I my my pops really sat me down and had a real conversation. He's like, is this something that you really want to do? You know, I think that you have what it takes in my as your father. I have think I have what it takes. I have my dad had met other people who were in the industry or, or you know, I touched the industry a bit and they're like, yeah, this kid can do it. And so uh, it really takes one of a kind parents. It's it's I tell people this and they're like, there's no way your parents were that cool. And they really were like, you know what, let's do it then. You know, my, my mom is from uh, Los Angeles originally. My dad's from New Zealand, but when they moved to, to the States, they moved to, uh, to Southern California as well. And so they knew the area and uh, obviously the real estate was quite a bit different, which is why I went from having my own bedroom to my whole family shares a bedroom. Um, but at the end of the day, it really came down to my family and, and the sacrifice that they were all willing, my sisters included, I think they're one of the most uh, underrated kind of pieces in the puzzle is is not only did my parents kind of sacrifice everything they had, but you know, my sisters gave up their, their, their lifestyles. They gave up their Friday nights to come watch me play at restaurants, you know, and, and they gave up all that. And so I think my family in general, if it wasn't for them, you know, it, it would have been a, a much, much, much more difficult road. Well, I, you know, kudos to them and kudos to you for really um, following your dream. And, you know, you seem like a very nice guy. And, and I really uh, I love to see people that are good people succeed in life. 
Um, let's go back to 2016. So you started to uh, create flip songs of popular songs, including a mashup of Drake's One Dance and Nicky Jam's uh, Hasa El Amancier. I probably butchered no the hell worries. out of that. You did, but okay, it's okay. Good. Um, they received 50 million views on YouTube. So let's start on the early days. And we were just chatting in our pre-conversation about you know, you putting out uh, vlogs and getting 700 views, right? And then all of a sudden you had 40,000 um, followers. Like, what was that progression like? And when, when was the moment you're like, I might be onto something? You know, it's funny because we're gonna, we're, I'm fortunate enough to get to talk here at Techonomy tonight. And uh, and that's something I'm gonna touch on is, is you know, unless you're a Kardashian's child, you you start, everybody starts off with the same amount of followers, you know, the same amount of, of fans and, and and for me, my focus was how can I just connect with people? How do I connect with people? And I did everything. I did vlogs, I did um, prank videos, I did basketball trick shots, I did singing to random people on the street, I put out original music, I put out you know, covers of me just playing the guitar, and it really took, honestly, throwing spaghetti at the wall and seeing what stuck for years. I mean, my, my one dance mashup that got 50 million views, was in 2016 and I started my YouTube channel in 2012. And so it really shows that, you know, I tried pretty much everything. And, and, and once I started realizing, okay, these fans are starting to, to latch on to when I make my own versions of these songs that they love. You know, I wanted to be a producer. I didn't have any money. I wanted to produce. I didn't have any money. So my production, my studio was this little beat pad, all that I could afford. And then my, my laptop. And so I literally made the beats right there and I had a, a little microphone I plugged into the computer, not even like the proper way, but and I would sing into it. And that's how I made the videos. And so once I started realizing that that connected, you know, it was, we're about f almost four years into having a YouTube channel, seven styles of videos, you know, I shot on iPhones, I shot on little flip cameras, I shot on, like I shot on everything. And, and I think it really, uh, starting from zero and, and appreciating every single view, appreciating the first video I put up when I got 200 views or 100 views or 50 views, each subscriber as I hit 10 to 100 to 500 to 1,000 to 10,000 and, and you know now we're at six, almost six, 5.8 million on YouTube alone. I think it's just, it's really enjoying each part of the journey and really listening, connecting with the fans, telling them, this is what I like, what do you like? And then listening and having that constant engagement is why I think, you know, I've built the longevity on, on, on my YouTube channel that I have. So it's good feedback. And I would argue that there are a lot of companies that don't necessarily always listen to that feedback. Uh, it's clearly impossible to respond to 5.8 million people, right? Um, what What's your approach? I'm sure, one, you probably use a tool or two to help you like manage and monitor, right? Uh, that doesn't mean like you have automated responses. I'm not implying that. But I know sometimes people use things like Superphone, right, is, is a, a tool. I'm, I must be living under a rock because I don't know any of this stuff that oh, you're really? talking about. Okay. I mean, for me, my tool is... Okay, I just dropped a video. I'm going to sit here for the next hour and respond to every single comment that I see. Wow, okay. So it's like, I, uh, for me, it's really about, honestly, I think people are so smart. Everybody's so smart. My fans are so smart. I don't care if they're 10 years old. I don't care if they're 15 years old, 18, 24. People are smart. And so they know when... I've, I've had instances where I'll be, you know, just about to get on stage and I forgot to tweet something. And so I tell my friend, hey, can you tweet this from my, from my phone, please? And like... My fans will be like, you didn't write this. 
It's like the people are smart, you know, people forget that people are smart. You know, you, you have, like you said, you know, some companies don't really do a, a, as great of a job at listening to the masses. I don't, um, you know, I don't really pay too much attention to that, but I would think that they do that because they think they kind of underestimate the, 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 the intelligence of the consumer or of the fan. My fans are so smart. They know when it's me and when it's not me. That's why whether I like it or not, I happen to love it, which is, which is a perk. I, I put in the time to really respond to the fans. I go on Instagram live and I guest those fans and I talk to them about their day. That connection is so important. So like you said, unfortunately I can't get to 5.8 on YouTube or the 2.4 million on Instagram or the half a million on Twitter. I can't get to everybody. It's just, I don't have that. There's only 24 hours in the day. But what I do is I just focus on getting to as many as I can and focusing on the quality of that connection. So maybe I don't get to your comment on this video, but on the next video or a video after that, or maybe 20 videos down the line, when I get to it, when I get to the opportunity to connect with that specific fan, Sarah in Chicago, we can have a quality interaction, not just thanks, love you. You know what I mean? I, I think that's what fans kind of look for and it, and it creates a real relationship that you have. Well, that's quite prescient for someone that is, you know, a lot younger than I am. It hasn't been out there. And what I mean by that is, um, there are a lot of, and again, this is a mainly business audience that listens to this podcast. There are a lot of folks where I think the smart ones have figured out it's about the quality interactions. Um, the ones that don't, that sometimes are very rote about the way they interact, it falls flat and people don't sort of appreciate the engagement. So uh, I, I love the way you're thinking about that. I've grown up in digital and social and nowhere near where you are, but have, have grown a followership by trying to be authentic and respond to people. Um, I do want to get back to social in a minute and how you use your different channels. But uh, one of the things that was pretty cool is your first EP that mm -hmm. you released called Young and Foolish. Yeah. Um, you recorded the title track with a guy named John Legend, which people may recognize. How did you ever meet John and uh, how did that come about? You know, it's so funny because we, like you said, we're going to come back to socials. But when we got, we really are like are going to have to come back into socials because this whole John Legend thing happened before I even made a YouTube channel, you know, like I, I remember meeting my manager for the first time is right. This is honestly about six or seven years ago. And you know, he, he said, who, who are your biggest influences? And John legend for me growing up, you know, my dad played piano and I always wanted to play piano. And, and, and one of the first songs I ever learned was ordinary people by John legend. And I've always admired his, his rasp because I also has, I also have a rasp to my voice, not as, as uh, serious as his, but I just always looked at him as this incredible artist that I wanted to, that I wanted to work with one day. And so when I had mentioned his name to my manager, um, he actually said, Oh, you know, that's a friend of a friend, you know, how small the bits, the world is in general, but then you have the music industry on its own. And so I had the opportunity to get in with him and 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 play with him uh, uh, and play music with him, and it just was, it was honestly it was it was like it it really was you know my my quote unquote idol, and so getting to work with him write this song young and foolish about he you know he wanted to know who I was I think that's honestly where I take my concept of really wanting to engage with the with the fan and know about them is because. I, I'm sitting across from one of my favorite artists of all time and he wants to know what's going on in my life. 
He's like, what's going on with you? And I was like, honestly, I'm 16 years old, 15 years old, however old at the time. And I was like, and I just, I, I like girls. Like, I just like, I love going, I love doing romantic things. I have three sisters and they always taught me to do the over, over the top outlandish flowers, you know, singing from the balcony. And that's what we wrote about. It's like, you know, I remember like to this day is like literally the lyrics are like, hey, pretty lady, how amazing you are. I just love to hear you talk. And so it's like having somebody really listen to me when he's the Grammy award winner, when he's the, we're sitting in his million dollar mansion and he's like, what's going on with you? What, like, what should, we should, we should write a song about your life. And I'm just like, man, that's insane. And so it was surreal in the sense of getting to work with one of my favorite artists of all time. And it was, and it was incredible in the sense of understanding that it does not matter where you are. If you, you will succeed if you take the time to not, to not worry about yourself. You worry about everybody else. You know, I listen to, I, I kind of connecting back to the fans is like, I can't connect with everybody, but when somebody says, hey, do Drake's one dance and that comment gets 200 likes or a thousand likes, then I know, okay, cool. I can't connect with everybody. I can't read everybody's song requests, but a lot of people kind of like this song. So I should, I should go for it. Well, that's cool. And I, you're too young to remember living under President Bill Clinton, right? But um, Bill Clinton was famous for going into a room and he would essentially find someone and go up and talk to them. And there were people that had been haters of his. John Travolta was one of them. He's like, didn't want to meet him, didn't like him, didn't like the concept. He came up and talked to me and he made me feel like I was the only one in the room. And so I think there is the gift to people that can do that, where they look you in the eye and they're engaged and, you know, back to that quality engagement. Um, we did talk about going back to social. So, you know, there are lots of channels you can be across right now. And at a minimum, it's sort of like you have to be on Snap and Insta and Facebook and, you know, YouTube, et cetera. Uh, where do you pick to engage and how do you use those channels differently or do you use them differently? I'm assuming the answer is yes. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yes. I think it's important one to use them differently. A lot of, I think a biggest mistake that a lot of artists is doesn't matter what your size is. Some of them, honestly, a lot of big artists make this mistake. Um, and a lot of smaller artists make this, a lot of people in general make this mistake is that they don't differentiate each one. You know, if, if, if I can find everything out about you on Twitter, why would I follow you anywhere else? Why would I look anywhere else? But for me, it's like, you know, I think each platform and, and you can't see me, but I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm putting, you know, I'm kind of mapping it out He's on the laying table. Out imaginary, I'm laying uh, out cards my imaginary, you know, uh, Dungeons and Dragons map. Each platform needs to have enough that they're all cohesive, but also enough to where it's completely different from each other. So you need to be a part of it. Uh, I voice my daily mind on Twitter, whether it be what's going on on CNN uh, whether it be the fires that are around me in Los Angeles, whether it be a blueberry bagel, whatever that is, it's, it's, it is a open mind of Alex Iono. My Instagram is the, is the visual of my, of my daily life, whether I'm going to the gym, whether I'm singing at the piano, whether I just dropped a big mashup or I'm on set for a music video. I'm, I'm, it's more of a, a day in the life kind of thing, but not as much my mind, more of my actual actions. You see all of this every so often, you know, I'll, I'll have my more serious post about my, my beliefs and my views. But if you want to look at me and you want to listen to me and you want to watch me do things in a instant, you know, space, that's where Instagram is for YouTube is, is my, is my movie theater. 
you know, I, I, I'll put all my previews on the TV, you know, on Instagram or on Twitter, but YouTube is where you will can, you can find the, the full length films. You can find the full music videos, the mashups, the, the very, uh, not, and I don't mean glossed in terms of high budget, high quality. I just mean glossed in, I put my, I, I've, the full finished products are right here, you know? And so to me, I have Snapchat. I and and the thing is, is with social media, there's you're, there's too much. You're gonna miss something. I missed Vine. I missed Musically. I never joined them. I got to I got to the point where I was like, ah, it's too late for me. I'm not gonna do it. And you have to kind of invest, just like their stocks. Like, okay, I'm gonna invest my time, my effort that I could be putting into Instagram or Snapchat or Twitter or Facebook. I'm gonna invest into this new thing that may or may not become the biggest thing in the world. And sometimes it's the right investment, sometimes it's the wrong one. Um, oh, I forgot Facebook, by the way. And Facebook is really, for me, is like, how do I connect with the world? So I'll do a little bit of everything and I'll just make sure that the world is connected because a lot of my fans overseas in the Philippines, you know, I'll do a Facebook Live there and I'll say, where's everybody at? And it's like, Poland, Philippines, um, Mumbai, uh, Australia, New Zealand. And then I'll do an Instagram Live on Instagram, obviously, and I'll say, hey, where's everybody at? And it's like, Chicago, London, like it's a little, you know, it's, it's different platforms. And so, uh, like I said, though, I think the biggest focus is how do I make sure everything's cohesive? So you're, you feel like you're still watching me, but it's almost like each, you get different pieces of me so that you have to kind of connect. You know, I, I always say that is like, if I post a picture on Twitter, three days after I post it on Instagram, I'll write that, I'll be like, Honestly, posted this picture on Instagram three days ago, but I, I just really liked it. So I'm gonna post it on Twitter too. And then and then I'll look at the spike. You look at the data and you'll see right after you post that picture, you'll get tw like 2000 new fans on Instagram because you have fans who have who like the mind of Alex Iono. They like the political you know activist Alex Iono. And then they like that picture and they're like, man, three days ago, I'm late. You know, unfortunately, it's so weird that three days now is like late to the party, but they'll then turn around and they want, you know, we're in a, such a place where everybody wants to have everything. And so if you show them, hey, you can have everything, but you have to follow this, 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 and this, not just this one thing, then you you can really see who's actually invested, who's a, who's across all four, you know? Well, and it's nice because you give people that opportunity that some people may just want to see you sing and listen, and that's great, right? And yeah. then those that really want to follow Some people you don't like politics. Some people don't like hearing the bad. They want to just see, see the beautiful, happy. Right. Always positive, Alex, and that's on Instagram. And that's fine. Most of the time. Right. Um, you're doing something special tonight at TechCon. Yes. So let's talk a little bit about what you're going to pull off. You know, honestly, I have two things that I, my, my, my two biggest focuses. One is for me and one is for everybody else. My, my focus for everybody else is to show them who I am and why I'm here and why, you know, like you said earlier, you said if you, if you don't know him, you've been under a rock which is like, it's kind of scary, but it's like, that's not really true. Even though you, I could have, you know, almost 12 million followers across all social media plaf platforms. And if you don't know me, that's totally normal. There's a load of people because social media is like, you know, it's crazy. And so I think I want to show people how I built what I built. And I want to show them that even though they may not know me, I have a whole platform of incredible and, and engaged and excited fans and I want to just kind of show them how I did it and how I built it because at the end of the day like I built it I, it's me like I, it's my house of cards and I built it up 
then for me, um, I'm actually, I do a lot of mashups on, on YouTube and I wanted to see if I could film one here at Techonomy, like during my presentation performance, film a video and then put it up on YouTube. Uh, because I think it would just be cool. <laughs> Honestly, we were talking about, I was going to come here and perform anyways. And then I'll, we were literally talking about it and, and it just came up and we we're like, how do we, can we do that? Can we make a video like at a conference where everybody's in a suit and a tie and people are just kind of, you know, most people have been listening to, to people talk for 12 hours today and they just want to relax. And it's like, what better way to relax than to be in a viral video, you know? So we're going to see if we can pull it off. I love it. Well, and I'm going to be here tonight, so I'm going to look forward to it. And we will absolutely link to this after the fact when it has hopefully several million, if not 70 million views on it. Uh, this is where I want to focus a little more on. I like to ask these same questions across all my guests, right? Uh, I know with 5.8 million people that sort of pay attention to your every move, it's probably hard to let them know something that maybe they don't know about you. But if you're willing to share what's something that people don't know about you that you're willing to uh, tell all to i know and you said it earlier honestly everybody listening he asked me if it was okay to ask me this and i said yes and in my head i had an answer but now i'm thinking and like don't have one because it's really true like when when i think the biggest thing another thing about connecting with people you know whether it be a friend or it be on social media is like you want people who can trust you and the best way to for somebody to trust you is to really show them your full cards and so a lot of the time you know like showing your full cards you don't have really secrets to hide you know i think like one of my secrets is like i just picked up juggling and that's cool but it's like nobody really cares about nobody cares about that honestly i think for me um something people don't know about me and i think it's pretty evident like if you look back and you're like oh yeah that makes sense is that like i am like the most hardcore love like romantic my parents have been together for 28 years raised with three sisters who were like respect a woman lover like watching the notebook like i i am such a sucker for just being like a real true like nerdy ass hopeless romantic like find a girl and give her everything she's ever wanted like that's really like at my core who i am and so a lot of people you know i put on my whole like g like you know I'm the guy's guy, bad boy thing or whatever people, you know, kind of see. I can't really say bad boy. I have a radio show on Radio Disney. I'm not a bad boy. Um, but for me, like, I, I guess the thing people might not know about me is like, I'm really like a, a full on hardcore, like love, romantic kind of dude. Well, that's great. And your parents would be proud. I know I've been married for 22 years to my wife. There you go. It's one of those things where um, it, it will take you a long way, I think, if you you know have that as a mantra. So far, not taking me a great way. I get stepped on in the dirt. 20-year-old, <laughs> by the way, if you're listening to this and you're a 20-year-old girl, don't do that. That's not nice. I literally am just right now, like as we're talking right now, I'm like literally one week out of like just having a girl just take everything that I, like all of my goodness and was just like, nah, I don't want that right now. And I'm like, how do you, ah, it makes no sense. And so if you're listening or you have a 20 year old daughter and you're a biz, don't let her, don't let her do that. Cause there's some good dudes out there that just want to be, just want to be happy and enjoy life. But true words can never be spoken as <laughs> someone that went through some of that same heartbreak back in the day. Uh, the next one I want to ask is if you know, you're busy guys, so not sure if you have the time, but any podcasts you listen to or any books you've read over the last couple of years that have left an impression on you. Oh man. Um, I just read, uh, and it's not a new book. I've read it since I was, since I was younger, but I read the alchemist again. Actually not new is fine. I, I think sometimes people forget that 
there have been books written for hundreds, if not thousands of years, and you can go back and draw upon some of those books. So I, I, I think that one's obviously, that one's such a big one to me in terms of a journey, you know, and it kind of, and, and, and the journey is really, you know, we, I was just talking with, uh, with Josh Campbell, who, who, who is kind of taken over this whole tech economy thing and, and really run, has, you know, built it from the ground up and we were talking about the journey and how you can kind of stay focused. And so when I, I always think about that, you know, and, and if you haven't read, I absolutely recommend you read the alchemist. Uh, I also just read, uh, I'm actually finishing up right now, uh, Ta-Nehisi Coates between the world and me, which I think is very, it's very, uh, it's a very good book for what's going on in the world right now. And so, uh, that one's been good. And in terms of podcasts, I haven't really, I haven't really. So you don't have to do, you don't have to do both. I, I try to give it as an either oh, okay, or. Okay, great. I'm not a big podcast person, but like I, I'm on a podcast right now. So I feel like I got to dive in. There you go. Uh, last question. And I particularly like asking folks that are involved in music this question. So you're on a theoretical deserted island. You can only take one album with you. I know albums aren't of your generation, although they're coming back. Oh, they're so they're so dope. Albums are so good. Who's uh, whose album aside from your own would you pick? And uh, I wouldn't do my own. Yeah, because I could sing it. That's you know true. what I mean? If that's it's true. my own, I could Fair sing point. it anyways. Uh, that's actually one of the easiest questions. That's for me. People people haven't asked me this one, but they've asked me like, "What's your favorite album of all time?" Um, the Miseducation of Lauren Hill oh, is album. just you just can't like you can't not enjoy that. You can't not absolutely love it. So that's one of the better choices and especially um, pleasingly, surprisingly coming from you because you are younger, right? Be like, I was going to be like, journals, Justin Bieber. Uh, no, actually. You, with all love. With you're, all love. you're soulful enough where I would not have uh, expected that. I will tell you, I saw her with Muse, Rage Against the Machine, and Rise Against in L.A. at the L.A. Coliseum. And she had just come back five weeks after like giving birth. I think it was her fifth kid. She was unbelievable. So wow. mad respect for uh, Lauren Hill. She's she's so so good. Yeah. She's just it's just insane. Well, I, I got to stop right now. Yeah, I, I was going to say that's a perfect note that. to end on. So uh, this is Aaron Strout, CMO of W2O, host of the What's No podcast show. Uh, I just spent the last 25 minutes speaking to Alex Iono. Just want to make sure I get that right. Performing artist, uh, performing tonight. Alex, it's been a true pleasure speaking with you. Thanks, Aaron. Want more episodes of the What to Know podcast? We post a new episode every Thursday. Check them out on iTunes, the podcast app, and the podcast page at w2ogroup.com backslash what to know.